Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you today? I am great, Sir Alan of the Roundtable. Fantastic. This this last weekend, my my twin 18-year-old daughters, phew, they graduated from high school. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's something. I owe my uh, wife $20. W- was there any drama, Mark? <laughs> no, there wasn't much drama. Oh, thank God. Uh, we just uh, we 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 ducked and covered. We learned that from yeah. South Park. Yeah, oh, we yeah. just got under the chairs, and it was fine. Good. It was fine. Got through it. Yep, we That's got what's through. Important. Yeah. It, it is. That is exactly what's important. Well, you know, we're broadcasting from the Indiana sphere here today. Yes, of course. Yep. You know, we love that new term. We're going to be using that all over the place. I know. I know. And uh, this week we're going to cover our episode uh, eighteen from season four. Lucky. Lucky. Yeah. Yep. With uh, great guest stars, we'll talk about here in a minute. And uh, this episode had a runtime of twenty-one minutes and thirty-four seconds. It's a standard edition episode, so no producers cut or anything. Right. We've got one coming up, though, Mark. So, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be fun. You know, because we're this is episode 18. There were only 22 episodes in season four. Yeah. So we're that close to the end of this season. What math of 20 minus 14, seven. It's like four. Left? It's like four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, including okay. this one. Including this one. Including this one? Inclu- is that not how math works? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Including this one, there's five. Oh, see, see, this is the problem, Mark. And I uh, I brought this up because I also made another math mistake I Uh wanted to correct right here live on the podcast. Okay. Remember how I said that episode 20 was going to be the halfway point of the series? Yeah. That is absolutely wrong. No. I forgot to carry the one. No, that was not true. Oh. We we passed the halfway point. It's so far in a rearview mirror. It's little and tiny now. Even though objects may appear closer (laughs) than they actually are. I don't. I don't even want to be here now. Like, where where do we go from here? I don't know. Like, we're going to do this great halfway point. How is it doing? And it just it's it's happened. It's gone and left. And that doesn't mean we can't do it. We'll just yeah, it does. we'll just have to say we've reached the halfway point a long time ago. You just won't mention that part. We just wanted to take a nice nice breather from when we reached the halfway point <laughs> to when we talk about the halfway point. Well, there you have it. Yeah, we did success. Nicely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, back to this week's episode. Yeah. This one was directed by Troy Miller Mm -hmm. and was written by some guy named Nick Offerman. Wait, what? Yeah. Nick Offerman. You know, Ron. Ron Nick Offerman wrote this one? Yeah. All right. I'd like to jump ahead a little bit. I know this is a little impromptu. (laughs) Um, Mark score 10. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Good night. All right. I mean, what's your score? I guess, but... It doesn't matter. All right. It really doesn't. Let's just move on. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see how we how we rate Nick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This was one of one he wrote. Pretty interesting. If you remember, he also directed two episodes. We've covered both those already. Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, he was in 123 of 124 episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's right. There is just that one. That one. Mm. Well, Mark, we should also mention our director, Troy Miller, a great director. This is his seventh of seven that he did for Parks and Recreation. This guy is an interesting dude. He's got like 300 director producer credits. Wow. So it's just if you go look at it, there's some themes in there, but he's been at it a long time. Obviously, a great producer, well-respected and gets involved in a lot of projects. Um, some of the notable things that we're familiar with, Arrested Development, The Stand-Ups, Lopez, Bored to Death, Flight of the Concords, and Mr. Show. Uh, one of my favorites. Of all yeah, time. me yeah. too. So. Also love Flight of the Concords. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard not to like Flight of the Concords. I know, I know. Yeah. 
Well, Mark, uh, why don't we get into our episode synopsises? C's. C's. Synopsis. Synopsis. Like the oceans. A, B, synopsis. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's I'll one of those forever now. Minimononic devices. Um, that's what I was told. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I broke this sucker into. I had a I had a tough time because I didn't wasn't sure I how I was going to do one. this. I, yeah, I I waffled and I syrupped and I pancaked and I, I just flip flopped around, but I ended up with two. All right, I said three. So you got, this you, almost you instantly, never like, goes. This, this way. is just uncanny. It's like this is just like <laughs> like uh, what's the Freaky Friday one where they do? Oh, it's yeah. called Freaky Friday. It's called Freaky Friday. <laughs> All three times it's been a movie. Nailed it. Okay, yeah. you're um, Jamie Lee Curtis in this version, right? I hope so. <laughs> Mark, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why why I chose three. I did actually have some logic behind it. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let the, <clears throat> let me tell you why I chose two. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to say what the two are. All right. So for my A story, my A story, I entitled Nobody's Buddy Woods Buddy. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. All right. Leslie is preparing for an interview with famous morning show host Buddy Wood, whose interviews tend to be the lucky charm that get candidates elected. When Buddy cancels to cover a breaking story, Ben is upset and buries himself in campaign busy work, while Leslie, Tom, and Anne decide to blow off some steam at a bar where they get kind of drunk. Ben calls Leslie and tells her the interview is back on if she can quickly get to the Pawnee Municipal Airport. A still somewhat drunk uh, Leslie makes her way there and meets Buddy, unfortunately... Things maybe don't are not going real well. Buddy is kind of disgusted with Pawnee and he's kind of <laughs> condescending. He's kind of what you call there a jerk there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 he ends up pressing Leslie on the whole Ben Leslie mm-hmm. affair boo. thing, which, yeah, boo. Yeah, I know boo. what will happen. Does Leslie successfully hide her inebriation from Buddy Wood? Will Buddy end up airing the disastrous interview? Can Tom somehow help out with the infamous hot tub limo? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice job. Mark. Yeah. I titled my A story, I'm Not As Think As You Drunk I Am. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Classic. Okay. Classic. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then my B story, um, I called Andy's P celebration. <laughs> I got to work on phrasing. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave her there. All right. With the help of April and Ron, Andy prepares for and then passes his final exam in women's studies, earning a grade of P. Ergo the title. When Ron suggests they go out for a celebration dinner, Andy invites the women's studies professor, Linda Lonigan, who I believe we've seen before. We have. Yeah. To join them. At the restaurant, April spots Chris eating alone and invites him to join them. Chris accepts and ends up having a lot in common with Linda, seeming to hit it off. How will this turn out? Will Chris and Linda end up being an item? How many steaks does Ron end up ordering? What are the pros and cons of a super baby? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Very nice. 
Yeah. I had the same B story, of course. Uh, that was definitely the B story. Uh, mine was titled, <clears throat> It's Better to Be a Red Shirt on Parks and Recreation Than Star Trek. That's pretty good. Thank you. That's really, really nerdy, and yeah. I embrace it. Yeah. Well, as you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark, my C story, mm. which is the Jerry and Donna splinter of the A story, I mm. decided to give it its own gravity. I was but, I was tempted. Yeah, I bet you were. And we can talk more about it later, of course, but I, I will give you my title for it. Please. The, the Gerinator. <laughs> wow. He is a machine. <laughs> and that's I, I all like you that. need to know. I like that. Mark, let's do our AKAs now. All right. Let's see. What did I put down here for my AKAs? You uh, seem excited about this. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't. Tr I kind of phoned it in here because uh, I only have two because I don't account. I only thought there were two stories. So I'm just like, here, here they are. Anyway, so for the uh, A story, there is one part. Remember how they are going to blow off some steam? Oh, yeah. So they're at the yeah. bar and they get kind of drunk. And then Anne wants to help Leslie because she's a little nervous about the yeah. Oh, no, I got to go to the airport. And Anne's going to help her prepare. And she says, why don't I pretend to be uh, Buddy Wood? And Leslie responds, big idea, Anne. <laughs> that just that just cracked me up. <laughs> there were several things she said while drunk that just had me in stitches. So, yes. Um, from the B story, um, the, the one that resonated with me, Andy was on fire in this episode. Oh, yeah. It just seemed like he had all, I mean, he's always <laughs> excellent, but the, the, the theme early on that, that is memorable for me is his, his study rhythm is when he does well treat, please. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there, there you go. How about you, buddy? Well, it's funny. I'll start with my B story because we had the same one. Get out Treat, of here. Please. <laughs> I mean, nice. come on. What are you going to do? <laughs> my my A story was uh, from from guest star Sean Hayes as Buddy Wood. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, it becomes apparent that Levely. Le See, I've been drinking. Levely with the Leslie. <laughs> anyway, it becomes apparent that Leslie's had a couple drinks before uh -huh. the interview. We'll talk about why in a yeah. minute. And he says, is it this sad, pathetic town that makes you drink this way? <laughs> Don't answer that. It's a trap. It is a trap. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, and then my C story, Mark, since yeah, yeah, I yeah. had one and you didn't. Yeah. Um, it's by our buddy Jerry. Mm. I mean, who else would you pick in this point? Right. Uh, it ain't government work if you don't have to do it twice. Well said, Jerry. I mean. Gary. Larry, Barry. Whatever, what, whatever it is. name yeah. is. Whatever yeah. it takes, Bob. Yeah. Well, nice job, Mark. You too. Why don't we get into our episode breakdown and uh, talk about our cold open? All right. Let us do that. All right. Well, uh, today's cold open is uh, 67 seconds long. I guess I'd say that's midsize. It, it uh, appears to be plot relevant. And we're, we find ourselves, Alan, at Nope Campaign Headquarters. A.K.A. Ben's house, A.K.A. April and Andy's house, A.K.A. the residents formerly known as Burley's, A.K.A. Tref Cab. Catch you literally movie. stole one of my intros. I did. Just now. Oh, no. That's okay. I'll rewrite it while you talk. Go ahead. Boy, a bastard am I. Okay. So uh, anyway, at the place there, the Tref Cab, um, we see that, uh, I think we see at this point, Donna and Jerry are are stuffing envelopes. Like they're actually seated at the table. I think they're doing that. And Anne and Tom and Ben are standing by waiting for Leslie to come out with another of several outfits that she's trying on for her upcoming it's a fashion show. It's, it's a fashion show. That's exactly right. With Buddy Wood, the host for the number one morning show in Indianapolis. Alan, let's start off right and have Constantine play this clip. I think that's a great way to kick it off. It's my new interview outfit. 
Like, hey, nice to meet you. Can't wait for the interview. Um, I maybe the maybe the hat. Yeah. Lose this? To win an election, you have to be good and you have to be lucky. There you go. Buddy Wood hosts the number one morning show in Indianapolis, and he wants to interview me for a series he's doing on local elections. And last year, the five people that he profiled all won. This is a huge break for us. Um, hey, maybe we should put a pause on the fashion show. We have to go over your talking points. Keep going. I can still hear you. Um, okay. Ms. Nope, what is going to be your first major public works project? Oh, I don't know. But I bet these pants will work for the public. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Right? Oh, my God. Those look great. And I bet they look even better on Ben's floor. Huh? Are you hitting on Leslie for me? <laughs> Wait a second. Just turn around? What? Oh. oh. It says nympho on the butt in silver sparkly letters. Yes, nympho does. means you're addicted to sex. Yep. And since it's on the butt, there's other implications as yep. well. So those are a maybe. <laughs> uh, those are a maybe. Ben seems rather stressed out. He he's kind of wound up. You can see it. He's tense. Like what what's causing him to, to to for that much pressure? I don't know, Mark. I feel like you know he's he obviously is looking at the timeline, right? Yep. He knows it's compressed. There's only a couple of days left before this is going to come to a head. And this, this interview is pretty important in his eyes. Well, so, yeah. So he's he's a little worried she isn't taking it seriously. I mean, you know, superstition aside. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems as though the trend, the the uh, the observable trend is those that Buddy Wood interviews. Yeah. It, it, it tends to be the, yeah. I mean, called a lucky charm or whatever. Yeah. It tends to help. Well, and we found out last week, if I recall, when we closed out the episode, she was only 15 points behind. Yeah. So there's a good chance she can catch us up. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. She's it's got within a shot. reach. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it's within reach. Yep. You know, they've been had some ups and downs and somehow yet she survived. So if this goes well, let's see what happens, shall we? I got to say in the in this opening scene, I'm getting a little bit of a good vibe from Tom in the sense that he's. In my opinion, he's actually funny Tom and not pimpin slash annoying Tom. I'm so right like there with I'm, you. I'm I'm got my fingers crossed. Yep, me too. Okay. We'll see we'll see how long it lasts. Yep, yep. All right. Well, Mark, we open the main episode in Ron's office, and the time has come for Andy to show what he's learned in his first college course. That is correct. So we're in Ron's office, and April and Ron are helping Andy study by asking him questions from index cards. And apparently they have Andy on some kind of treat system that I alluded to. You know, whenever Andy gets a question right, he gets a cheese puff. Can Not we bad. implement that here, Mark? I would love that. Every time I don't mess up, could you just throw me a Cheeto in my there mouth? You there, yeah, there you go. So it seems like... Andy is doing well, like kind of like he he seems to be able to recite the answers to things. So especially for him, like he's not doing too badly, but he's really, really nervous. And, I, and he's clearly memorized things. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, OK, it's a first start. It you is. Know. It's not bad. And and it, yeah, because he doesn't not have the most of the upstairs <laughs> place in the brain. Um, But but he's really nervous. And so April and Ron kind of have to like talk him down off the ledge, so to speak, because I think he was considering calling in sick and bailing on the exam. He was, but, you know, he thought about it a second time and he realized that this is uh, an oral exam. He figures he's got a heads up because, you know, if there's one thing I know, it's my fantastic, it's talk. That was almost my AKA. <laughs> Me too. Yep, yep. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. Uh, Pratt slash Andy did a great job in this episode of just like little moments like that that well, I thought added something to it. And I, I kind of like the end of the scene where first you have, you know, Ron, the, 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 the father figure. No, Andrew, we don't call in. We face our fears head on, which. Yeah. All right. That yeah. that that's that's par for the course. Sure. And then Very April <laughs> April uh, kind of gets realistic and says, I told you, if you can't remember what some woman did, just tear up and say she changed my life. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that, that's a good call. It's not bad advice. It's not. In this case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, over at campaign headquarters, Trefcam. a.k.a. Ben's house, a.k.a. <laughs> April and Andy's house, a.k.a. Tref Cab. It sounds so much better when you say I it. I know it. Yeah. Next time, wait for me. Holy hell. <laughs> anyway, at that place, Team Nope is preparing for Leslie's interview. And when it becomes apparent that things are not going to go to plan. Yes. Well, Leslie comes out with what seems to be a final outfit that she seems uh, pleased with. Uh, but then she's kind of contemplating hats and other accessories. And Ben just says, no, just be very basic and no nonsense because stress ball Ben says no. Right. Um, and Ben walks away, you know, grumpily uh, to take a call from Buddy Wood of all people. And, th- and then Ann and uh, Ann and Tom uh, kind of talk about how tightly wound Ben is while he's gone because that's, you know, how you do. Um, and then when Ben comes back, he tells them, oh, Buddy, uh, he had to fly back to Indy early. And then the interview's off. So it's like, oh, man. So trying to salvage things, Leslie suggests, why don't we all go out for a drink, blow off some steam, and stress ball Ben declines. Like, no, I want to yeah, go no, home and be no. mad and, and and do some work. <laughs> and I suggest you do the same. <laughs> and then like, and then he leaves and Leslie says, you know what? Screw this. Yeah. I, I look good. I have what did she call it? Pre-interview adrenaline? Yes. That she's yes, got I that going. It. Yeah. It's like, it says, who's going to go out and drink with me? And Ann and Tom are like, yeah. So <laughs> that's what happens. Very nice. Yeah. I think the only other thing that happened there, Tom had that great talking head where, you know, he, he says things are going pretty well with Ann oh, finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they've gone a whole 30 hours without breaking up. And apparently, though, their personal record, those 47. 47. But that happened when she was out of town and forgot that they were dating. It counts. So <laughs> It counts in my book. Yep. So we'll see if he can tie that record here. Oh, we can only hope. We can only hope. Yeah. Well, Mark, over at the good old Pawnee Community College, PCC, Andy <laughs> is taking his exam and it's clear that he has rigidly memorized, I mean, uh, mastered, he's mastered this course material. Yeah, he's rigidly mastered this material. <laughs> um, and and he, is, he is sitting in Professor Linda Lonigan's office. You know, he's, Professor Linda Lonigan sounds like the... Um, uh, the name of some sort of superhero whose who's backstory we're learning. Like she has an invisible jet? Something. Yeah. 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 I think you might be onto Not something. Not far off. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't – look, I've never seen Linda Lonigan and a variety of superheroes in the same room. <laughs> I just can't say. That's a good point. So Andy's – and you mentioned this before, Alan. It seems like he's very much reciting – I mean, he he's very nervous – and so he is I think he's trying to get through the facts as fast as he can because he, his brain is hurting and he has to get the facts out before he, he forgets them. And and I think Linda tries to calm him down and say, yeah. look, d- you know what? This is pass fail. Don't just worry about it. Yeah, just talk to me. What would you get out of the class? And I think Andy's thrown initially and says like, a, or, you know, is like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do because I had all this memorizing. Right. You're asking me to like talk. Right. So like, what does he say? He says something like, well, you know what I find the most. He's talking about (laughs) Susan B. Anthony. It's like, well, what I find the most intriguing about Susan B. Anthony is how 
she was born in Adams, Massachusetts in 1820. <laughs> you know, it goes right back to the to the facts. Sweet, stupid Andy. And then, and then at any rate, so, you know, however Andy managed to do it, he passed. And, and Andy and Professor Linda Lonigan uh, with the Invisible Jet uh, come walking down the hallway towards April and Ron, who apparently were waiting to see how Andy did. And Andy tells him, you know, I passed. I'm a college graduate. I mean, I'm a college course graduate. There it is. better. And uh, after telling Andy how proud he is of him, Ron suggests uh, a celebratory steak dinner, which seems very Swanson of him. (laughs) And Andy invites uh, superhero Professor Linda Lonigan to tag along. And she accepts. (laughs) She's like, well, you know, hey, uh, now the class is over. There's nothing wrong with it. April immediately looks at her and goes, you going to wear that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right. She's and, so welcoming. And and Andy is is trying to be on his best behavior, sweet, stupid Andy. And he said, we'll let you pay for your own food on account of because of equality. <laughs> because of equality. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he has the right idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back at campaign headquarters, Jerry is in overdrive mode and could really use some self-sealing envelopes, Mark. Oh, you know what? I don't know. This 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 struck me as part of his process. Well, that's a good point. But but I see why you did it. But I saw that episode of Seinfeld, and I'm just saying, mm, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. Oh, that just makes me sad. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> anyway, so, ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about is that Treff Cab, uh, Donna and Jerry are continuing to stuff envelopes. And finally, Donna uh, calls it. Apparently, she has a, a hot date that night yeah. uh, with a gigantic fireman. Uh, and a hot tub. And a hot tub there. <laughs> but um, before she leaves, she ends up watching Jerry and licks his fingers, gets an envelope, opens it, sticks a flyer inside, licks the envelope in four precise places, closes the envelope, puts the stuffed envelope in the dun pile and then starts the whole thing over again, licks his fingers, gets an envelope, sticks a flyer inside. I mean, so it's like he's like an assembly, a one man assembly. He is, absolutely. And Donna becomes somewhat intrigued at this and like this odd Zen vibe coming from, from Jerry as he plugs away and she finally asks him, you don't mind this work do you and he answers "Uh uh-uh i like it and he puts his hands on the table and he kind of looks around (laughs) nods very zen like it makes sense to me (laughs) and donna looks at him twink looks at the camera twink looks back at him like she clearly doesn't know what to make of this no right no it's like seeing a new behavior in your lab animal for the first time Right. I mean, she's obviously very intrigued. Yeah. Well, Mark, over at Scully's bar, Leslie and Tom and Anne are letting off some steam. And it's a good thing that Buddy is in the air and on his way back to Indianapolis. Oh, my god. That's all gosh. I got to say. Yeah, because it was never going to work out this way otherwise. Yeah. So they are blowing off some steam, which I think they needed. I think they did. You know, and, and so Leslie Ann and Tom, they're at Scully's bar, which is the place to go. Which is. I've reached out to Mike Scully and mm. I've asked him, I'm waiting for a response. If that's did they name this named after him? I'm, I, I guarantee it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. The great the great Mike Scully from right. Simpsons and the great Mike Dana Scully. There it is. That's his middle name. Very nice. It actually is. If you ever see a Simpsons episode, they yeah. credit him as oh, that. Yeah. So they're at Scully's bar, Mike Dana Scully's bar, and they're getting their drinks on, right? And and they're kind of talking about how stressed out Ben is. I mean, even Leslie, not that she's making fun of him, but just like, oh, He's awesome, but he's so wound up, you know, a waitress comes by and the waitress is awesome because she offers flaming tequila shots. Oh, yeah. And they say, uh, yes, please. (laughs) And they all do flaming tequila shots and everybody's happy. 
And then Leslie's phone rings oh. and then she answers it and it's Ben. And apparently Buddy Wood's flight was delayed. So oh. if they get to the airport right now, then the interview is back on and she's unable to come up with a good excuse. So Leslie tells Ben, yay, I'll see you right there. <laughs> and then she hangs up and she shares the news with Tom and Anne, and the three of them start to panic a bit when they realize how Leslie drunk is. <laughs> you know, it's funny that Ben didn't buy the whole she's at home watching murder she wrote thing. I know. Yeah. All like, the bar sounds flaming tequila <laughs> shots burning in the background. <laughs> uh, uh, we're so drunky. I mean, lucky, lunky. lunky. Well, Mark, from there, the scene at Scully's continues, and it turns out that Pawnee could really use a few Uber drivers. Man, you're not you're not just whistling Dixie there. So it looks like to me, Leslie's desperately trying to sober up. Like while they're kind of brainstorming, what are we going to do? Like you see her drinking water and she's yeah, kind yeah. of running in place, like all the all the tropes that you hear about, like, <laughs> oh, this is going to make me sober. This will save the day. Sure, it will. Um, they are unable to get one of the two cabs in Pawnee. <laughs> all Pawnee, two cabs. So well, Tom, Greater Muncie has four. So <laughs> they are great. They are greater. Tom suggests that they use his remaining time on the remember back in uh meet and greet the yeah. episode that made me hate tom all over again like fresh <laughs> the fresh yeah, with the fresh coat of paint yeah yeah remember that hot tub limo oh yeah the, he he has time remaining on it and he says why don't we drunkards uh get the hot tub limo and we'll go to the airport and they're like you know what all right and like, let's do that because on account of we're drunk, so we can't get any of the two taxis. So that's not a bad idea. It's another way to do it. And and then Anne has that scene that I kind of alluded to earlier that she tries to help Leslie with the practice interview. But I'm not sure how much Anne's Russian accent <laughs> helped out as she started to do it. <laughs> Why are you from Russia? I don't know. Mark, it's funny, I, you know, Uber and Lyft are still a few years off at this point when this episode right. was made. And, you know, maybe if a hot tub limo had been turned into a hot tub time machine. Oh, my gosh. They could have jumped to the future, taken an Uber. And that, well, then no, there's a paradox problem there. Uh, never mind. Never no, mind. no, Bad no. Idea. It's just a thing. I mean, I, they, someone should make a movie. Just, out of just that. write it out. You know what I, you know what I really liked about this? We had commented earlier about how Tom was semi kind of sort of kind of sort of not annoying. And, yeah. and so yay for him. Sure. It also seems like Tom and Ann are kind of. They're kind of almost getting sinking. getting along. Swag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like Ann has either lowered herself or he has raised himself up. I'm not sure which. I think drinking does both to each of them. There you have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the great equalizer. <laughs> it certainly is. Another yep. great TV show. Anyway, yeah, I know. Back to this one. Yep. Well, Mark, we're at a restaurant I'm calling Cozy's. You good with that? Yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> I was going to try and trap you and say, what is it? And then you jumped on that fumble before I could even bring Sorry. it up. Good for you. You want to rewind the tape and do it differently? No. Okay. Fair no, enough. no, no. Well, at dinner at Cozy's, yeah. we, along with Professor Lonigan, learn a little more about the women in Ron's life. And April finds a stray hanging out at the bar. Oh, yeah. So the, they're, the four of them, April, Andy, Ron, and superhero Professor Linda Lonigan, <laughs> are, are all sitting there at the table together. And they're making small talk. They're getting to know each other a little better, uh, including the, the women in Ron's life. 
um, which is pretty funny. Um, and at one point, April looks up and she happens to see Chris across the room there at Cozy's um, sitting at the bar, I think, all by himself. And April goes over to Chris and she says hi and asks him why he's eating alone and then invites him to join them, which he graciously accepts. I love that Andy says, uh, you know, it looks like him, but there's no way to know for sure. We'll, no way we'll ask him tomorrow. Yep. That's the only way. It's <laughs> it's going to be a mystery from there on out. Um, there's there's several there's no way to know jokes in this particular episode. I laughed at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's even one in the deleted scenes, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Mark, from there, we're headed back to Traff Cab at campaign headquarters and the science experiment continues and Donna has now is now fully invested in it. Yeah, this is like when you put the seeds in the damp paper towel and then you see how far they grow. Yeah, you wait and then, for that little bean sprout. And then they start to grow and then they start stuffing envelopes and it's just it's it's amazing so yeah donna is now completely fascinated with jerry's zen-like process just stuffing envelope after envelope after envelope just calmly and quickly making his way through the pile like a one-man assembly line and finally donna calls um marcus, marcus the yeah. gigantic fireman and and calls him and says uh something interesting is happening happening I'm going to watch it. <laughs> it's got to be pretty fascinating to her for her to cancel her bath. I know, but she's she's like she's in this now. It's like a train wreck. You can't look away. Yeah, but I don't know that she thinks it's bad necessarily. No, I no. don't think she knows where's what to this make going of it. to go. Yes, yeah, exactly. It, it is like a science experiment. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Well, back at the airport, Leslie catches up with Ben and finally meets Buddy Wood in person. But she seems to be a little worried that those flaming tequila shots are now not going to be all that helpful with this interview. They're fine. So, yeah, we see Leslie and Ben walking initially at the beginning of the scene with an airport employee named Paul, who clearly knows Leslie well and, and vice versa. We then see Buddy Wood uh, approach Leslie and Ben from the opposite direction, and he introduces himself. And at first he seems pleasant enough but we see little slivers of jerkiness start to emerge pretty quickly yeah i want to punch his face by the end of it yeah some face punching needs to happen so buddy leaves to finish setting up over where the carpet didn't have a smellscape i guess they found a place which <laughs> well, i thought was pretty funny that yeah was good. That and was and leslie approaches ben and and i think i think her thought is i'm gonna see if ben can notice that i'm kind of blue and and she says you know do i seem okay and and unfortunately yeah. ben is too distracted to pay close attention to what Leslie's saying. And essentially he blows her off. We're going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, no, you're, no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You're, you're, you'll be fine. He's like focused. He is very, very focused. Yeah. And this is unfortunate as Leslie is still clearly feeling the effects of her uh, time at Scully's bar. Yeah, it'd been nice if he could have saved her from herself here. And there, there's actually a deleted scene where this is Tom's idea, actually, yeah. to use Ben as a judge. Because if Ben doesn't notice in his theory, yeah. right, then, then Buddy won't notice. Right. So not a bad idea, not bad, but he didn't count on Ben being distracted <laughs> at the end of it. We could tell that Leslie's oh, still yes. kind of feeling the, the, the effects of the flaming tequila shots because uh -huh. Ben distracted says, no, 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 you're going to do great. And Leslie goes, you're going to do, do smart. smart. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> well, back at Cozy's April brings Chris into the fold and we learn that Chris, like Paul Newman, makes his own salad dressing. That's tremendous. 
uh, April comes back to the table with the stray that she found named Chris. <laughs> and, and he greets. He's every- familiar looking. <laughs> he, that kid's going to make it. And so he greets everyone. And, and April uh, explicitly introduces Chris to Linda. And they seem to get along fairly well. In fact, Chris, to your point, Alan, even offers his own uh, salad dressing, which he brought to the restaurant. And the, you can't bring that in here. Anymore. The waitress chastises him for that. <laughs> Again, again, it's not the first time. <laughs> it is not. And the scene ends with the camera kind of going over to April and Andy, where we see April kind of mugging suggestively to the camera, like she's all of a sudden Ludgate yeah. the matchmaker. <laughs> she's a Yenta all of a sudden. Yep. Yep. Well, back at the airport, the interview is underway, and I learned a few things here, Mark. First, Pawnee has 19 toxic waste sites, not 17 like I previously thought. Wow. And, and second, you know, I don't care for Buddy Wood. <laughs> at all how much wood would a wood buddy would I, I i don't know there's a beat him with of, a piece of wood yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's how that that mm-hmm. uh, nursery rhyme yeah, should go that's how it ends yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's really not folks you shouldn't you don't wait till that one yeah wait till they're like in their 20s it's like in the official grim adult edition <laughs> so now cameras are rolling and buddy starts his interview with leslie and it seems even more obvious now that buddy is kind of a condescending jerk, bad-mouthing the airport and then the entire town of Pawnee. Yeah. And Leslie tries to bring things back on track by talking about her plan to improve things and even goes as far as to uh, point out another airport employee that she knows named Joe, who waves hello to the camera. <laughs> and unfortunately, Buddy doesn't care or seem to be impressed and, yeah. and just insists on moving on. Yeah, he just wants to talk about something else, which we don't actually know yet. Right. We're about to get to it. But right. yeah, he, the the hometown charn's not working on him. No, no, not, not at, at all. all. Yeah. He is a jerk sandwich. <laughs> well, speaking of sandwiches, back at the mm, restaurant, Chris mm. and Linda seem to be hitting it off. And Ron is going to have that third steak after all. Thank God. <laughs> So, yeah, Chris and Linda are sitting together and they're talking and they're laughing and April and Andy are watching them. And, and Andy comments because they're both like really attractive, you yeah. know, beautiful people. And sure. he says, can you imagine if these two got together, <laughs> uh, what sort of super baby uh, they would create uh, if they got together? Then he becomes concerned. What if the super baby yeah. got too powerful? Too powerful. Like that, yeah. We got to take that. Cha- we got to take that chance. Do you shoot baby Hitler? I mean, that's really what he's asking. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, not at first. Not at first. No, no. Not until you're sure he's baby Hitler. Because you got to get his baby Hitler secrets out of him. <laughs> this is taking a really weird <laughs> turn. Really we need to move on. Okay. So April continues to, to nudge Chris and Linda into topics that she knows they will both enjoy yeah. and, and they continue to hit it off. That's what a Yenta does. That is what a Yenta does. Um, uh, if, uh, if I've learned anything from the Goldbergs, <laughs> exactly. it, it's, it's been that Ron, on the other hand, it seems rather just nonplussed no. and unaffected by everything. And he's his, enjoying his steak. He's enjoying his steak as a Swanson does. <laughs> and he opts to order a third one. Please and thank you. My gosh. Yeah. I don't even want to know what's going on in Ron's colon. Just saying. It's a party. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of the party. No, 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 no. Me neither. Back at the airport, the interview with Buddy is continuing. And like most things as that start out well, Mark, like, you know, this podcast, things are about to take a turn in the wrong direction. You are correct, Alan. Uh, Buddy Wood continues his interview with Leslie 
and things keep getting worse and they keep getting worse. Alan, let's have Constantine play this clip. I think that's a great idea. Your campaign hit a snag of sorts with the revelation that you and your boss, Ben Wyatt, were having une affaire de cure, affair of the heart. Oh. Well, I've discussed that many times and there's really nothing more to say. I would rather talk about the ways to solve problems in this town. <laughs> Good luck with that. But getting back to your affair with Ben Wyatt, who's now your campaign manager. Buddy, frankly, I don't want to discuss that. But if you'd like, we can talk about ways that I can improve the airport or our many wonderful parks. I don't. Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk about you and Ben Wyatt. <laughs> Uh-oh, I know that look. She's got the crazy eyes. Well, like I said, I don't want to discuss it, buddy. And frankly, I don't appreciate your condescending tone. But oh, you know what? I've oh. had a couple drinks, so what the hell? Uh -oh. Ben and I first... I'm sorry, miss. No, are you inebriated? What? No, preposterous. Are you inebriated? Uh-oh. That was bad timing. <laughs> this is a buddy would first. An exclusive interview with potential city councilwoman Leslie Nope, who appears to be drunk right now on camera. I am not drunk. Yes, when you have a jumbo margarita and some flaming tequila shots, you can get drunk. Is it this sad, pathetic town that makes you drink this way? <laughs> this interview is over. Okay, Miss Nope. Uh oh. Uh -oh. This, is, this is not because I'm drunk, this is because of the wire. <laughs> oh. A fitting end to a bizarre interview and a sad moment in a depressing city with no hope in the waning moments of the bitter saga that has been a contentious campaign. That guy is a jerk sandwich. He, he is a jerk sandwich and a half. Mm. Yes, yeah. he is. Well, you know, that scene at the airport continues for a minute. And, and despite being asked nicely and uh, knowing much more about, um, you know, sheep and their dessert preferences, <laughs> Leslie's plea is not going to work on Buddy. No, it's not. The The only other thing of note that I think happens here is Buddy walks off and yeah. he's going to show that interview yeah. that's yeah. happening. And then we see uh, airport employees and friends of Leslie, Paul and Joe, who we've met earlier, watch him go and clearly annoyed and they kind of look at each other. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. They're not happy with the way Leslie's being treated, for sure. Definitely not. Well, and he insulted the airport. Yeah. Like directly. I know. Yeah. Not, not escape. Cool. Jeez. Not cool. No, not cool. Well, back at the restaurant, Andy toasts himself and Chris invites Linda, a.k.a. Professor Lonigan, to join him in the least appealing of all boat-based sports. Mm, you would know about that. I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> Andy thanks them all for coming to dinner to celebrate his... Let's call it triumph. Sure. I, I guess. He's very proud of me and you are too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Constantine, you did, buddy, you did such a good job just a second ago playing the clip. Let's double down on that. Can you play this clip? Don't, don't you, don't you see that look he gave us? Yes. All no, right. he gave you. Here, watch this. I'll push the button. <laughs> Thank you for celebrating the most ultimate triumph of my life. <laughs> I'm very proud of me. And you are too. <laughs> Professor, I'm taking your class again next semester and I'm going to lock down that P+. Plus. It's impossible. You and the women taught me that nothing is impossible. I better be going. I have to get up early. Goodbye. I'm teaching a morning <laughs> Zumba class for retirees. Aww. Before I do, Linda, do you enjoy land kayaking? It's quite fun. Well, it's more grueling than fun. But I would love to take you. I'm really flattered, but I just got out of a relationship, and I think I need a little more time before I jump into anything. Of course, I understand. I'm sorry. I appreciate your caution. Thank you. I hope to see you again. 
Goodbye, everyone. Anybody want to go to JJ's for some after-dinner omelets? <laughs> or how about you and I go back to my place? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow, indeed. indeed. Yes. I know, yeah. I know. <clears throat> I'm not even sure what to say about that. Well. Poor Chris. He's like a, he's had a bad streak here. He, he has. Um. I have my own theories as to what just happened here, but uh, it, it seems even uh, more obvious that, you know, April's trying to play the, we call it the, the Yenta sure. uh, role as he, she kind of, <clears throat> you know, clears yeah. her throat as he's yeah. preparing don't, to don't leave. Don't miss your opportunity. Chris. Right, right, yeah, yeah. right. So. Land kayaking. Oh, Alan, too, too what can you tell us about land kayaking? <laughs> Well, first thing I can tell you is that if it does exist, it should not. Mm. And secondly, I'll tell you, I don't think it exists because mm. it should not. Mm. But I do like his description. I do too. It's really fun. Well, actually, it's more grueling than fun, but I'd like you to go anyway. That reminds me of a lot of things. It really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've been on a couple of land kayak trips. I can tell you that. That's, you know what, Alan, you may look at me and wonder how I've gotten in such good shape lately. Sure, of course. I've, I've, cut, out the after, I've cut out the after dinner omelets. <laughs> that, that's just, that, that's, that's <laughs> gilding the lily. Oh my God. <laughs> the man, he can eat anything. I know. Well, back over at TrefCab, the future of the campaign is at stake. And the gang gets laser focused on how they can help fix the issue. So, yeah, Leslie and Ben and Tom and Ann are brainstorming. What in the heck are we going to do now? And Ben just simply lays it out. You know, uh, if the interview airs, campaign's dead. Yep. So we got to do something. So we got we got to go it's to Hail Indi Mary time. Yeah. We don't even know what we're going to do. We need to get to Indianapolis and we need to figure it out on the way because we, we got to. Um, and Tom bing, goes, hey. We still got time left on the hot tub limo uh, time machine there. Yeah. And so uh, why don't we take that? And they all agree and they make their way out to the limo. And Ben gives the driver Buddy's address on a slip of paper. And the driver confirms with Ben the address is uh, all the way in Indianapolis. And the driver mentions, you know, no one's ever used this hot tub limo for actual <laughs> transportation. I can't take this thing on the highway. So it will take a few extra hours. But, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, all I can tell you is I hope that the back roads between Pawnee and Indianapolis are in better shape than the ones I drive daily. Oh, my gosh. Because that, that hot tub will be splashing all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You live on Pothole Central, don't you? I really do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, have you ever been so focused on something that you look up and six hours or, I don't know, two states have gone by without you even noticing? Well, I think that's what's happened to our buddy Jerry here. What? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing you said is <laughs> absolutely thing. happening to now, all of us. Donna is continuing to watch Jerry stuff envelopes and she looks over at the clock and holy hell, it's now 4 a.m. And she finally gets Jerry's attention. Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> and, he, and tells him this and he laughs good naturedly like, you know, time flies. But then, uh, oh, geez. He looks more closely at the envelopes and what he has, you know, accomplished here. And he and he realizes he put the wrong flyers in the envelopes, <laughs> in the thousands of envelopes. Donna is alarmed and <laughs> devastated. Oh, 
my God. <laughs> and and I, I think she's prepared maybe like he Jerry maybe is going to have a meltdown. Yeah. Because after all this effort, yeah. hours and hours I would freak and out. hours. I mean, Jerry's probably done the equivalent of a normal person working for 12 hours yeah, straight. Because he's yeah. just the, yeah. the gerinator. The gerinator. And Jerry doesn't seem devastated at all. He just says, and this is the quote that you yep. mentioned, Alan. It's like I always say, it ain't government work if you don't have to do it twice. And with renewed energy, he wraps the table. Here we go. I mean, he just all of a sudden gets renewed energy from nowhere. From nowhere. Yeah. He's he's inflappable. He is. And Donna's going to make some coffee. Right. Right. He is not flappable at all. He is unflapped. His, his soul has Red Bull coursing through it or Clearly. something. I don't know. He's a nutbag. Oh, my God. But a good attitude. A great attitude. Yeah. And he and Donna are kind of like the dynamic duo here. I, I kind of like it. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. I wouldn't say that Donna too often would play Robin to Jerry's Batman. But no. maybe this is the one exception. It's just too fascinating not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, Mark, it's the next morning and the limo has arrived at Buddy's house. And, and Leslie makes one last plea to Buddy to not show the video to save her political career. The hot tub limo is in hibernation mode <laughs> and everybody inside is just. My <laughs> kid. Yeah. Michael, we've reached Buddy Wood's house. <laughs> we'll have to hurry. I need to be on the scene of St. Elsewhere by four. Oh, my God. That's funny if you know why. It is so funny, but our younger viewers have no idea what you just said. They they don't. All they need Go to know is- Go look it up on IMDb, kids. I are a genius. Okay. Anyway, everyone's damn asleep inside the, the hot tub limo. <laughs> and Buddy walks well, up- took to, the back roads. It had like, what, seven hour trip? Oh, I know. I know. And, and Buddy walks up to the limo, which is now blocking his entire driveway. Because it's long. Yeah. And, and he raps on the window- and startles everyone awake and, and a hungover Leslie kind of rolls down the window and then makes her way out of the limo. OMG, the sun's so bright. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and and she begs, buddy, begs and begs and begs and begs. And one last time, please don't air the interview to which buddy responds. <laughs> he's, a, he's a jerk sandwich. He says, as much as I enjoy the groveling, I can't destroy the tape because I don't have it because your sad, tiny backwater airport lost my bags. Huh. So at this, Leslie and Ben, I mean, I, there's nothing else to do. So they, they sheepishly say goodbye and they get back in the limo. And at this point, Ben kind of looks around. He picks up a, a rogue bottle of champagne that still happens to be in the limo and says, ah, screw it. And he pops it open. <laughs> Yay. And everyone cheers, you know, Leslie proclaiming fun Ben lives, you know, because alcohol does that. And then they pour champagne for everyone and they clink and drink. Mark, back in the bullpen, we join April and Andy in the bullpen when Ron Johnson in a really good mood. And that lasts for about a whole 90 seconds. Now, Ron arrives whistling jauntily, wearing his uh, traditional um red shirt he's part of the landing party right <laughs> no 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 this is a different thing <laughs> let's have a uh, a constant hey, cut the attitude buddy look we don't ask you for a lot put down the onion put down the onion can you please play this clip pretty please there we go yeah. april andrew good morning to you both go nuts go nuts <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you kids need any money? No. Go buy yourself a Walkman. How much is a Walkman nowadays? <laughs> Probably more than 20. There's 25. Hey, guys. I just wanted to come by and thank you for 
a phenomenal evening. Yeah, seems like we all had a phenomenal evening. Mm. And I should probably thank you for introducing me to Linda. I think we had a deep emotional connection that is very worth exploring. So I'm going to ask her out again when she's emotionally ready. Mm -hmm. Hey, Ron. Great red shirt. Dude, Ron, <laughs> you have to tell him what happened. Why? It's none of his business. Because he's been super sad lately. Kind of seems like you should at least give him a heads up so he doesn't get rejected again. I like to not get involved in these matters or any matters of any nature. Uh, you know, Ron, someone once told me that this is not how grown-ups deal with tough situations. Don't. We oh. face them head on. <laughs> oh my god, Ron, it was you who told me that. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh. Sweet, stupid Andy. And the student has now become the, the master. master. Yeah. It's got to be e like even more frustrating than knowing it's the right thing to do to be told by Andy with his own words that it's the right thing to do. Yeah, imagine like you're not doing your job well and your Labrador retriever comes up. I don't have to imagine up. it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's just say. Oh, sure. Okay. And your Labrador retriever comes up and tells you, I think what you have to do is you have to have a good attitude when you have these meetings. Otherwise, these muckety mucks will not like you. Like, you know what? I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Thank you, And then sh shut up, Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> Labrador. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to watch Up tonight. Me too. Yeah. Well, Mark reluctantly, Ron does the right thing and finds his way over to Chris's office and attempts to let him down easy. Yeah, we see Ron approach the open door to Chris's office, knocks on it politely. Before entering, Chris greets him happily. and Ron then tells him, look, Chris, after the bar last night, I engaged in consensual activities with Linda. I didn't plan it, but it occurred. Now, you know. And Chris... I think takes this as well as could be expected yeah. to thanking Ron for being forthright and telling him. Uh, he tells Ron he's a good man and gives him a long hug during which he finally whispers, I'm quite lonely. <laughs> <laughs> to which Ron replies, oh, beep. <laughs> I had a little flashback to the office with Michael. It's not the horniness. It's the loneliness. Oh, <laughs> It's just <laughs> uh, so sad. It is sad. Well, back at campaign headquarters, Leslie gets a chance to reflect on her blessings in the light of this lucky happenstance. Really, there's not a lot that happens in the scene. Most of it is with a Leslie talking head. And then, you know, how you see things in the background yeah. sometimes. Yeah. While she, so she says, um, this is Leslie talking. She says, they say to win an election, you have to be good and you have to be lucky. And I got pretty damn lucky when I met Ben and I'm lucky that Ann and Tom and all my other friends volunteered to help me out. And I'm super lucky that the tape disappeared. Yeah. And at this point, we see in the background her airport employee friends, Paul and Joe, getting rid of the bag. Which I don't think yeah. Leslie knows that she does not. And yeah, know. this is kind of a flashback. Yeah. You're right. And Leslie continues her talking head saying, I think we may have used up all of our luck tonight. Pause. Actually, not all of it. And she gestures back at Ben. He's about to get lucky. It's on. He doesn't even know it yet. <laughs> I like it. Well, Mark, you know, they say you make your own luck. And I think in some ways that's true here because, you know, Leslie has fostered these relationships that ultimately came back to help, save, help her save the day here. She just doesn't know it. 
I, I think that that's I think that that's true. There's an element of this that kind of smacked in a way in a positive way to, uh, you know, how Chief Trumple really likes yes. Leslie. Yep. And it's and it's because of the personal connection yep. that he has. It's not because she has tons of money right. and buys the, the police department, yep. all sorts of stuff. He says it's, she would do anything for anyone. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Leslie Nope gets all the favors she needs. That's right. And and this is kind of in that arena. I agree. And, yeah. and I and I hope they I would like it if they concentrated on this as perhaps one of the strengths that as to why she has a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mark, we almost made it out of this episode with only one small dose of gross Tom. <laughs> but there is one more scene to go. <sighs> We didn't make it. Okay. So this is the kicker. Alan, we, it's like to the finish line and then you fall down, go boom. Yeah. Um, we see Tom walk into Ann's office, call her sweetheart. Not bad. <laughs> not really bad. And, and it's not the worst thing he's going to do. No, 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 no. And, and, and if he had just stopped there, I would have been like, all right. Been all right. But yeah. he has a gift. Mm. Again, this could I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I hear Kenny Loggins danger zone playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and and they've on account of he has a gift because on account of they've gone 48 hours now without breaking up. Yeah, just that's a record shattering shattering their, record. their previous yeah, record is 47. Hours. And uh, yeah, that's 47. Was it 47? It's 47. Like they those 60 minutes just crushed the, the, the old the thing there. Can't um, argue with that. And the, she's in town. Well, even true. better. Way, yeah, I mean, like she knew. Like she could have broken up with him any moment, but she didn't. Ha. And then <laughs> Anne opens the gift because you can tell she's like, I don't want, I don't yeah. want whatever this is. Like she's already danger she's zone. Yeah. And and she opens the gift and it's a, it's a string of 48 condoms, <laughs> a different flavor for each hour. Oh, Tom seems very proud of this. Anne seems rather pissed off. <laughs> she gives the box back to Tom and says, yeah, we're not dating anymore. Get yeah. out. <laughs> Fade to black. <laughs> Wait, don't punish me. I took a risk. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice job, Mark, on the breakdown. Thank you very much, as always. Let's take a quick break. We'll get ourselves together. We'll come back, talk tropes first, fun facts, give this thing a score and send everybody home. Sounds great, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. All right. Are you looking for a place to meet up with friends or work colleagues and blow off some steam after a hard day at work? Maybe your appointment was canceled and you look too good to go home and want to treat yourself to a flaming libation. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. I have been asked to talk to you today about Scully's Bar and Grill. Located across from the post office on Dana Avenue, Scully's is chosen by many as a location to kick back and relax with friends and enjoy one of their specialty flaming shots. Personally, I find this to be ridiculous. First, a true friend should not let you put an active flame in your face hole. Second, you do not drink Lagavulin as shots, rendering that particular delivery system nonsensical. Lastly, and this bears repeating, there is no need for your alcoholic beverage to be flaming. However, if one is hell-bent on igniting one's liquor, then I recommend you do it at Scully's Bar and Grill, where they have experience with such silliness. And, in addition to being close to the post office, they also happen to be within a block of Ladder Company Number 3, just in case. 
In closing, they have asked me to orate their latest promotion here. <clears throat> Scully's Bar and Grill. Our drink specials are on fight. No, no, I'm not reading. This is beyond the pale. Or maybe beyond the ale. See, why don't you use that instead? No charge. Sheesh. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, uh, real quickly, I'll touch on our deleted scenes as I usually do. Um, if you've got the DVDs, check those out. This week we had about 10 scenes, about three minutes and 40, 59 seconds, so just under four minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's one of those weeks where I could easily argue throwing them back in would make the episode a little funnier. I don't think it'd change my score, but there was a, there was a couple of funny ones. Um, I agree. You know, <laughs> we get a little bit uh, deeper dive into the women in, in Ron's life conversation with Professor Lonigan, and, you know, he... he he uses the B word and she mm. initially kind of gets a little upset. He's like, no, no, no. Let me tell you about the Tammies. Right, right, right. Uh, and then she eventually agrees. So that was pretty funny. Right. Um, I, I thought there, there's a whole thing, a little more extended shopping trip, more fashion show. Lady place. Of that. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. lady place where Tom's mommy shops. That's wrong and weird. Yikes. Yeah. And a little more Buddy Wood and, uh, you know, Tom giving some great advice on drunk conversations he's had with women. But uh, and then uh, there was one at the end that was also pretty funny. I think that's the one that that stood out to me for some reason. I don't know if it was just the the absurd physical humor, because what happened is the the interview's over. Yeah. Leslie bombed it. Yeah. Buddy has left. Yeah. He's going to air the interview yeah. to the Indiana sphere. That's right. And Ben is mad and he, he's he went drinking. He's really mad. He's mad and he has his pad folio on it. That's where he takes his notes, the pad folio. Yeah, the pad folio. And he's so he you know how when you're you're mad and you want to just storm off. Sure. You want to make a good exit. Yeah, absolutely. And he wants to make a good exit and he tries to storm off. And part of what he tries to do is he takes his pad folio and just blam and he tries to throw it away. But the trash can is one of those where it just it comes up to like a little a <laughs> eight hole. inch circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he like he throws it down and it just bounces off yeah. and then he just but he's still mad and so i still can storm off and he picks it up and he throws it back and he won't go in and yeah. so like just five minutes of him just like i'm so mad i would be even madder if i could just get this thing in the trash can i mean it's yeah. just it's stupid but it made me laugh it, it was funny it ended with uh, another one of those but we'll never know moments from leslie that that's what he might be mad about so maybe yeah maybe we yeah. don't know we'll never we, know we'll never know <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like trying to walk out and slam the door and the doorknob comes off. I know. Therefore, the door just won't close. Nope. Yeah. No. It's one of those moments. That is not an effective exit. It really is. No. Yeah. You're trying to drop it. You right. Know. Yeah. Leave a, leave a mark. Leave a mark. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> never not be funny. To yeah. Waggity, yeah. maggity do. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, that's our deleted scenes. How about tropes first fun facts? I had a couple first and a couple tropes. Well, quite a few tropes. I didn't have a lot of goofs or fun facts this week. What'd you get? I... I really struggled coming up with a first. I, I there's Buddy Wood, and that's I couldn't think of anything yeah, else. I said our first indie celebrity, Buddy Wood. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's true. First appearance of Sean, first and only appearance of Sean Hayes as a guest star, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had Babyface Andy as a first. Oh, he was clean shaven. Yeah, and he looks weird and boyish, and it's awkward, and I just can't look at it for very long without averting my eyes. Because I think up until this point, he's always had some sort of scruffiness or beard or something. I think you're right. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if there was a reason for that. 
I, I suspect there is. We should do some research on that and see if we can report back. Agreed. It's pre-Guardian, so we're not there yet, but um, probably something else was going on, be my guess. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 Mark, uh, what'd you get on tropes? I had quite a few. I had um, uh, Ben Muggs to the camera. <laughs> I had- See, a- I put a question mark next to that one, because did he- he made some eye contact with Leslie, but did he ever look at us as the audience? I I was almost sure he did. And now you're making me doubt myself. Donna did. And I marked that one. Donna did. And I think there were maybe a few others. I thought Ben did maybe once. Like maybe he did it when Tom was trying to hit on Leslie for him or oh, something. I, you're right. He did do it then. Yeah. And, he, and he goes, are you trying to hit on Leslie for me? Which is pretty funny. It was That's a pretty funny. good joke. It was a good line. Yeah. Um, I had fun with names. Not that the names were as crazy yeah. as they've been in the past, but yeah. I don't know, Joe Appledemus. I mean, that's kind of fun. That's a pretty good one. It's and not- and Linda Lonigan, whose uncle's name is Lon. Right, right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I had a punching bag Jerry, although a weird variation of it because it, I don't yeah. think that others were actually making fun of no, him. He punched himself. He punched himself and then he just shrugged it off and went, oh, well, eh. yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Such is the life. Yeah. Um, sweet, stupid Andy. Too yeah. many to too list. Many, yeah. But he was really, really good in this episode. Um, FDR, food driven Ron. Sure. Because oh, good yeah. Lord. No doubt. Um, <laughs> and then I had two other Ron tropes. Ron's red shirt. Me too. And Ron's crazy laugh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he brings in the donuts. Go nuts. Go nuts. Hey, how much is a Walkman? I don't know. They're like 20, here's 25. Go get yourself a Walkman. What's a Walkman? Crazy man. That was almost exactly what he did. Like his his yeah, uh, so his whole uh, uh, pattern yeah. the first time we saw him yeah. wear the red shirt, which I think was Ron and Tammy. Ron and Tammy. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Did I miss any tropes? I, I just, you know, I wouldn't call it a trope. I noted here, though, that Tom dialed it down and I was pleasantly surprised by it and ready for it. And, you know, and only did he ruin it at the end. And, you know, but but it was nice to have almost a whole episode of of, of dialed down, Tom. Is that a new segment we just need to call yippee? Yippee. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. And this is this I had is sad, what, lonely Chris is my other trope because we're that's in that a good mode one. where we kind of got that going on, and everybody has yes, their sad, are. lonely phase. Anne's had it, Chris is having it now. You know what? I wonder mm. if those. Never, never mind. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Um, I I didn't have any goofs. Did you have any goofs? No, I had no goofs. And I had no fun facts. I did have. I had one oh, fun good. fact. Well, take um, us out with a fun fact. I'll take you out with a fun fact. <laughs> Um, I, this is a, the, the freeze frame fun, a variation. Oh, nice. Um, when, when, give me a time code, when uh, it's uh, at eight 32, on your DVD or streaming service, if you will. What's Um, a DVD? (laughs) It's the thing that was, it doesn't, people don't care because on account of they got streaming services. Um, the, so they're at, uh, would you call it cozies? They're at cozies. cozies they're yeah. at cozies restaurant, and it's the scene where April goes up to Chris and invites him to join the rest of them. So if you go to eight minutes and thirty two seconds ish, you can you you see a very very clear close up <laughs> of the name of the book that Chris is reading. Yeah, and as he mentions, Alan, it's the true story of a woman born with no arms and no legs who attempted to swim the English Channel. <laughs> the name of the book: Limb Itless. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> you got to love the art department. Absolutely. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's gosh. holding it up and you can see it there at that frame. So go Limb check that out. Itless. Limb itless. <laughs> April goes, that, that ain't going to work. Oh, no. She she immediately drowned. <laughs> it's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, nice job there, Mark. Hey, you know what we should do now? Mm. Let's score this thing. All right. All right. So here we go. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me some comments. Who's your MVP, Mark? I'll help you along here. Well, let me tell you. What is my MVP? Uh, I actually did co-MVPs. Uh, I picked Don and Jerry. I picked Retta and Jim O'Hare. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, so here's my reasoning. Uh, the Donna Jerry subplot, it, I mean... You know, it, it really didn't amount to anything. It didn't really mean anything. As a matter of fact, it was so minuscule, I didn't even give it a story. You didn't. But it was still one of my big takeaways from the episode after I finished watching it. Like, I really dug it yeah. a lot. There is an odd borderline heartwarmingly sincere Zen moment where Jerry says, it makes sense to me. <laughs> And you, you just, you know, it's referring to stuffing the envelope. Yeah. It's just such a great Jerry quote. Parks is probably one of the only shows that can take a character like Jerry yeah. and something as menial and boring as stuffing, stuffing envelopes, envelopes and make him complex. I like, I love that. It's great. Um, and what makes it even better is that not even this, you know, a stuffing envelope, something that Jerry clearly has a talent for. <laughs> not Does even he? that. They I were would, all wrong. Well, but he has a talent uh, when he doesn't screw up, he's great. He's in the zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and not even that prevents him from pulling a Jerry and needing to redo them all over again, as you uh, <laughs> yeah, alluded right. to. And as I was going to say, as brilliant as Jim O'Hare was, it wouldn't have come across so perfectly if Donna hadn't been no, there to react right, yeah. to the situation. Like yeah. her, Reda's expressions and her reactions were perfect. They're Slightly. priceless. Um, her explanation of her plans, glass of red wine, hot bath, gigantic firefighter named Marcus. You talk about true to her character. Holy crap. I love it. And and yet at the same time, Donna brushing off said bath and said gigantic firefighter to watch Jerry go full lizard brain was it like that was equally as fitting. Like she was truly fascinated, you know, not in a, I'm going to make fun of you way, but I want to understand what's happening here. Way. So like I really, really liked it. So well done, both of them. And I know that both of them, especially Retta. We've said that a lot of times they kind of draw the short straw when it comes to getting time in episodes. So I really yeah. like that they got a little bit of a spotlight there. Me too. Um, so a few additional notes. I, I like how for the second episode in a row, the episode name Lucky has been kind of a theme throughout the major mm. storylines. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, not a big deal. Just something I noticed and appreciated. Next week's episode is called Live Ammo. I'm curious if that theme will continue. Oh, dear. We can only hope. <laughs> Um, kudos to my boy, Nick Offerman for a well-written episode. Um, it, I may have been a little premature. I, I'm, it's probably not going to be a 10, yeah. uh, but he had some really funny jokes. Yep. And of course I, I personally thought he wrote Ron Swanson perfectly. I'm waiting for him to write me back and explain why he only did one episode. I know. I know he, he's got some chops. Yeah. I appreciated the triumphant return of drunk Anne which is probably my favorite. And one of my biggest laughs was when he, she tries to help Leslie for the interview and she just arbitrarily slips into a freaking Russian accent. That's brilliant. Um, I thought Amy Poehler was good, but I was a little surprised at how they handled Leslie's interactions with the obnoxious and condescending Buddy Wood played excellently. I might add by the great Sean Hayes. I, I thought that they were going to have Leslie channel either a 
how she was. Remember the season three episode flu season? Oh, yeah. I thought maybe she was going to kind of channel that where she was hilariously and unexpectedly competent despite her being semi incapacitated. Yep. Or I thought they would go to the other end of the spectrum and have her channel how she was in the season three episode, The Fight, where she had a full on meltdown. Oh, yeah. So I thought they're going to do one of these two. And instead, I think what we got was probably closer to how Leslie was in Camping Trip, mm. where, where it's it, a good analogy. it kind of bridges the gap because she's hyper competent yeah. if she has a, a, a project or ideas to focus on yep. but sometimes she can kind of freeze or yep. overcompensate if she get off the path if she's focused on like how people see her and don't want to let them down you know um i mean the interaction was interesting and funny enough like it wasn't bad but ultimately i don't really feel like it lived up to its possibilities like i don't think that it doesn't feel like it really affected Leslie's campaign at all. And I, I get that they dodged, they supposedly dodged potential disaster, but it didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel that way. Like when they introduced Jennifer Barkley, I was like, Oh crap. Yeah. This, it was all right. I a just, little weak sauce compared to that. A little bit of weak mm-hmm. sauce, I guess. Um, having said that, I really did appreciate the nice setup of having Leslie's friends, the people she had a personal connection with the airport employees, Paul and Joe, Help Leslie out and get rid of the bag. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, this is the first time, and I think you kind of alluded to this earlier. This is the first time I've seen Ann and Tom together when my hackles weren't up. And like they they had an eeny, weeny, teeny, teensy, tiny bit of chemistry. Yeah. I, I like seeing them goof off together. They're high-fiving, dilly, 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 swag. <laughs> you know, for the first time. I mean, she's uh, no John Ralphio, but. I, I thought that they were okay. You know, not enough to think that they belong together. I'm not going that far, but but <laughs> enough that were if this continued and they kept on this road, I could finally say, OK, I see a little bit maybe of what Anne sees in Tom and except he ruined it at the end. Um, and I'm still not particularly a fan, but, you know, it's like you want to reward good behavior. It's like yeah. this, this is almost the equivalent of me of Tom going treat, please. And me giving him a cheese puff for not being a. <laughs> douche anyway so he wants a designer named cheese poof there mark (laughs) (laughs) tommy poof tommy poof (laughs) um i thought it was a a decent use of the comedic bench you know you had the great donna jerry moments you had drunk leslie you had drunk ann tom and ann seeming to have fun together april was outstanding chris was showcased uh when he wasn't all depressed and stuff uh andy and ron awesome as usual um in an odd turn if i had to say someone was in danger of being a bit underused maybe ben but i mean even he had a few good moments i thought small nitpicks i am I'm ready for Chris to snap out of his depression. Me too. Like I, I, I don't mind too much what they've done with it so far, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this piece of Chris's character arc to freaking end. So that's just that. I also felt like the, the Ben is no fun, like stress ball Ben. I felt like it had some potential and ultimately that little aspect didn't really go anywhere, but I mean, not, that's not a huge nitpick, just something I, I noticed and went, you know, I wonder if they're going to go anywhere with that. And they didn't. I was like, oh, well. All right. So on to the crazy Mark rubric in three, two, one. Here we go. All right. Mark score. Base score. That's a score with a base. Ace of base. Here we go. Anytime. All right. Please. <laughs> I gave it a 3.5. 
Okay. I, I it, it, it's decent, but not yeah, not stellar stories. I felt like there were good points for sure, for sure, for sure. Leslie's interview with Buddy Wood just seemed like it had some missed opportunities. Andy's story was good, but ultimately it didn't feel like it was very impactful. You know, although it, it, it uh, allowed a few nice moments, you know. All right. So you got three point five. I'm going to give an entire point to you know what? So here's the deal. The rest of the points that I have here are all cheater combos. All of them. Oh, really? So here okay. we go. I'm going to give an entire point to the Donna Jerry combo. So not only that's this is for a fantastic job by episode co-MVPs Red as Donna and Jim O'Hare as Jerry, including the small inconsequential subplot that stayed in my memory in some ways more than the other plot lines did. I really, really enjoyed it. Very, very nice. Um, I'm going to give a half point for what I call the bench combo, which is good use of comedic bench overall, maybe except for Ben, but still not bad. Plus decent use of guest stars Sean Hayes and uh, for as Buddy Wood and Danielle Basuti, uh, if I said that right, uh, Professor Linda Lonigan, the yep. superhero. Because um, I, I didn't want to give them a whole bunch of points because th- they were both great. They just not a lot happened with them. So meh, it's all right. They get a little bit. Yeah, that's why it's a cheater combo. <laughs> I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Ron combo. You got Ron and Ron. You got Ron's cheery post-sex routine, red shirt, cheerful whistling, giving the kids money, goofy laugh, go buy yourself a Walkman and helping Andy and being proud of Andy and eating three steaks at the restaurant and his final moment with Chris. All right. You know what? He did a good job. I agree. Uh, Half point. Uh, Another half point for what I call the Andy combo. So many great one liners. I mean, he he Chris Pratt really, really did a great job. And the writers did, too. It's not just that, but sure. he, he delivered it really well. I felt like Andy was one of the driving forces for this episode that kind of if there is a danger of it getting bogged down, I think he really helps it just to, to keep going. The yeah, momentum. I would agree you know what that. I mean? Yeah. Um, I love Andy, you know, using his uh, his kung fu to you know talk ron into being honest with chris even though he doesn't realize that advice came from ron he's sweet <laughs> stupid andy I, I, but i like that moment uh, another half point for what i call the april chris combo so you got april helping andy study april bringing chris over to their table chris being his cheerful self at least for a little while uh reminding me a lot why i like chris so much Plus, I'm going to include the book title Limbitless. That's just freaking funny. <laughs> so half a point for all that. I'm going to give another half point. It pains me to do this, but I'm going to give a half point for what I call the Ann Tom combo. First of all, drunk Ann, probably my favorite. Ann. Yeah. So a little bit there. Tom actually being funny instead of annoying. Yeah, I would agree. All right, that. Tom, treat, please. OK, you're going to get a little bit of a point there. Um, plus, I, I, I will admit I like the return of Tom's hot tub limo. That that was kind of funny. It was funny. Yeah. And I'm going to give an entire point because I feel like it's deserved in some way for what I call the Leslie combo. Leslie's fashion show. Eh, kind of funny. Drunk Leslie. Not bad. I Again, I expected maybe they were going to go a little bit different direction, but she didn't do a bad job. It, there were some funny moments. Ding dong. Um, <laughs> Leslie's interview portion with Buddy Wood. Again, not bad. They just didn't go in the direction that I thought. It was still somewhat entertaining. Leslie's relationship with the airport employees proving to be her saving grace. I oh, really, yeah. really like that. that so was, a yeah. point for all that for the Leslie combo. So you add up all those crazy, crazy points. 
and you come up with eight little Sebastians. I, I felt like this for me was a little bit of a stretch. I was actually toggling between 7.5 and 8. It, it, this wasn't, this was a good episode. I felt like it was a very stable, solid episode with no particular low points, but also no spectacularly high points. Um, the bulk of the score for me came from the individual moments and jokes and not necessarily the story slash plot, which is why I gave the story a 3.5, which is a little low uh, for me. Um, anyway, nothing wrong with that. Just my observation. Um, so that's my review. Um, <clears throat> pretty sweet sauce in there, AAs. Once again, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to sell it. Uh, uh, no, no. Maybe, maybe a little weak sauce. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Weak sauce in there. And yeah, speaking yeah. of weak sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you got, Alan? My review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my MVPs, Jim O'Hare and Retta. Oh, I like that. It's a good idea. Yeah. It? You know why? Why? Because you did it. Oh, that brilliant. Kind of straight copied you. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, we don't compare notes. No, no, no. I have no idea. This is a danger zone. But you know what? It's interesting that we both chose that considering it it was such a small piece of the story. Like you said, we we didn't even agree that it was a story between us. No. Not really. And um, I I think I only gave it the, you know, I elevated to the story level because I wanted to give them MVP. I think it happened in that that. order. I get that. As a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, You know, and yet it could have been more and it could have stood on its own more and emerged as another storyline. I'm not sure what I would have done because it was already pretty funny, but it was inconsequential, you know, in, in almost any way. It was just a, like a background story. It, it didn't was, advance it the plot. Interesting. It was very interesting. I just, I would have liked to have seen what they could have done with it and done a little more. Yeah. It was so nice though. Uh, I have to say it was so nice just for them to have screen time together mm-hmm. and for them to work uh, for for Donna to feed Jerry and Jerry to kind of take that and for mm-hmm. that that whole back and forth was just really good. Yep. They had to have a great time making that episode together. Agreed. Given that they came, you know, they both became regular cast members in season three together. They were both background characters at the beginning. And I'd be interested in hearing either of them talk about that. So hopefully we can do that one day. Yep. Um, I liked Team Leslie, you know, um, the bench, you know, kind of the way that, you know, Nick, if he's the primary penner of this episode, he was able to give everybody something to do. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. I think it may also be why the episode is not an eight and a half or a nine. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think if I had to give this a score gun to my head, I'm going to give it an eight. That's what I gave it. Um, <laughs> I would have liked to have given it an 8.25. Mm. You know what? We should do quarter points, Mark. Mm, yeah, we should. But, you know, we don't for a reason. No, we and don't. I, I, I just don't. I could not give this episode a full eight and a half. I feel like. And again, I, I went back and forth on it. I think, you know, just if I watched it just for enjoyment and humor, I might. But then I start to look at it and it's like just it didn't go anywhere. Um, you know, I, I did. I thought Sean Hayes would. I was a little disappointed. He's so funny. Sean Hayes is so funny. Listen to Smartless and that podcast and his other podcast as well. And just watch his work and Will and Grace and everything else. He's a really funny comedic actor. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to take him and make him kind of a jerk, but not to play any comedy out of it. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like that was an opportunity wasted. A little bit of a wasted opportunity. Yeah, because anybody could have played a jerk. Yeah. And- but he could have done so much more with it 
had had it been written to do that. And I think with everything else going on, it just didn't get enough attention. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe feed that a little more, feed the, the Donna and Jerry a little more, mm-hmm. and then it might change the dynamics of the episode. And all that's going to do is take a little bit of time from the, the the crisis of the campaign, right? They spent a lot of screen time on that mm-hmm. and it wasn't bad, but maybe it would have been okay to give some of that up to make those other things a little funnier and a little more balance in here. And this could have been a well-rounded episode as it was little too much on that or not enough funny in that anyway. Um, I thought it was also interesting too for Ben to be not the bad guy, but the, certainly the grumpy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like grumpy Ben. No. I, I like fun Ben. I'm like Leslie, you know, I want fun Ben back, you know, fun Ben lives. Um, and yet I think it's, it is realistic that he's the one who's going to take it the most seriously outside of Leslie, of course, in, in this situation. So it's an interesting premise, though. Like she thinks the day's done. She's going to go ha- unwind and have some fun and, you know, wah, wah, wah. So I don't think in general is a bad premise at all. I just would have balanced it differently, I think, honestly. I, I would agree with that. I, I think that as as the straight man, which uh, Adam Scott typically does a great job yes. of, my gosh, um, I think as the straight man, one of his jobs is to reflect the humor of what's going on around him yes, he does back at the audience well. and everything. Yes. And he does that very well. But yes. I also think that when he's he his character is given a grumpy facade, I think that somehow dirties the lens a little bit. It doesn't have to, but I think it often can. It didn't bother me. So uh, good point. It didn't bother me so much in the beginning when we were getting to know Ben, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that right. was a facade that he was putting up on purpose to get people to take him seriously. But we now know he loves this gang. He's part of this gang. And yet, you know, he doesn't show up that way in this episode. I think he could have still been grumpy, but been still one of the gang. I think that they drew a weird line here. So we hadn't seen it in a while. I did like Ann and Tom. I, I'll admit it. I felt like I finally am like, okay, you know what? This is a tolerable version of their relationship, right? Where it's 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 mildly believable. Tom's still a little bit Tom at the end. <laughs> You know, Anne put up a little with a little bit more than she would with most guys, I guess. But that's because it's oh, that's just Tom. Um, and it didn't I didn't hate every minute of it like I have in a couple of right, other episodes. Right. Um, so but it might have been I, I don't know. It would have been interesting to keep him on a good path and not have him sink back down at the end just to see what that would have looked like. Agreed. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think overall too much. They tried to do too much in this episode and it, it just made it hard to really make certain things stand out and give you something to root for. So I felt like I was somewhat distracted on all the different things that were going on in the episode and it just never, never became cohesive for me. I couldn't, that's, that's a good observation. I couldn't decide how I felt about Tom if I genuinely liked him or you know how if your ankle is just killing you and then all of a sudden it doesn't. Yeah. Is it because it feels great or is it just the absence of the pain? I know what you mean, but there was that one scene where he goes down that he's going to make a kind of a, uh, a rude remark kind of thing. And, and he backs off. He backs off. And then he gives us the look to camera to like the whoo, that was a close one. Right. I thought that was kind of funny. Like I enjoyed that moment. Like I thought that is Tom. I, I thought that that was good too, because it also shows that he has the, the, the awareness to realize yeah, he's adapting. 
Yes. And I thought, that's yes, brilliant. He is. And then yes, at the end, is. it's like he threw it all out the window and forgot yes, how to adapt. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen those other things like where the character forgets the thing that they learned in the same episode right. by the end of the episode. Yeah. That never works for me. No. Almost never. No, I, I bet agree. if we went back and looked at some of our other complaints over episodes, there's a couple more of those in there as well. I think that overall, I would have liked it better. You know how I was talking about that? I, I almost expected them to take one of the two pendulum paths with Leslie, either yeah. have her be hyper competent despite yeah. being drunk or have her go full meltdown. Yeah. I think it would have been really funny if she had been, had been full meltdown Leslie and had Sean Hayes lose his crap with her that would have given him a great platform it would have given him a great platform. and then you could have even done something like well you know what yeah she kind of melted down but you know what she also melted down defending the town of pawnee and maybe the the weird pawnee citizens would go you know what right on my candidate yes yeah exactly i gotta say it mark we should rewrite this episode <laughs> no offense nick you did a great job but he, that's just that he did do a good job that we are comparing this against titans of yeah. episodes that's a great point yeah i mean and and you know the other path you mentioned in the pendulum swing is is the the competent despite what's going on and right. like pull it together season. to do a great job and then yeah. go fly and, and then flu season is one of the best examples of that one of my favorite yes. episodes of all time yep written by our buddy norm hiscock yep and you know i just i think this would have been interesting to see her achieve the same thing but under different circumstances like like you said you know just lose it like just full Go full in. Yeah. It wouldn't change the, con the, the the episode for sure. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Double down and then maybe Ben be initially mad and then have him change Back the crowd. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go drunk lady. Yeah. I'll support you. Yeah. And then the other people kind of come in to support her. Sean, you know, Sean Hayes's buddy, uh, buddy, what was his last name? Wood. Buddy Wood character looks like a real jerk. And, you know, they run him out of town on a rail. Oh, I love it. See? I love it. That's all there. Yep. It sure is. The DNA was there. We should totally rewrite it. <laughs> Well, we'll see how we feel about that. In the meantime, let's work on next week's episode, oh, yeah, Mark, yeah, which yeah. is episode 19 of season four, Live, Live Ammo. ammo. Yeah. Mm. And some interesting things are going to happen in that one. So I'm looking forward to coming back next week and breaking that one down. Yep. Me too. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Find us on the web. Find us on our social media. Um, we are still looking for a social media intern. That I is know. not a joke. Our I website know. is so horrifically out of date. It's embarrassing. I know. Um, I hate to even send out the link to it anymore. Um, we are redesigning it, I think, so that it will be a little easier to maintain. We can do a little more with it. I want to get some of our scores on there and kind of reflect those. I want to go back and kind of feature uh, in a better way all the great guest stars we've had on the on the podcast, because I think that's something that we've been blessed to do that not everybody Agreed. can. And so we want to give a, give a little more limelight to those as well. So yeah, check us out on any of those platforms. We'd love your feedback. Absolutely. Um, there's a way to leave a message and we can play it on the air if you decide to do so. And uh, maybe your message will get featured. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And we will see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Music